Welcome to another episode of Groundbreaking Podcast. The world is so much more complex than ever before, and there has to be a true desire for the creative agencies of the future to be more adaptive and reflective. This week, I'm speaking to Ben Foreman, the co-founder of Wrestler. Wrestler are a creative agency specialising in human-centred storytelling. They have worked with the likes of Allbirds, Singapore Airlines, New Zealand Post and Kiwi Bank. From creating parody rap videos in high school, Ben has come a long way having been named this year on Forbes Asia 30 Under 30 list. Ben is only one of six New Zealanders to make the list this year and the only Kiwi in the media, marketing and advertising category. I hope you enjoy this week's chat. And be sure to share this episode with your network. Hi, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be talking to you. So I wanted to start off with some lightning round questions so my audience can get to know you. So if you could buy any type of food right now, what would you buy? Uh, A mango. Do you like mangoes? I love mangoes, and they're actually on like they're in the season right now, so they're really cheap. And a guy at work came in at lunch, and he was holding one. And man, I was so jealous. So now I really want a mango. Are you a morning or a night person? Definitely a morning person. Well, um, I wake up and I'm ready to go. I'm excited about the day. It also helps that I have a small child, a one-year-old daughter who wakes up at six a.m. every day, and so she helps get me up. But yeah, I don't do well at night. I'm not a party animal. What's your favourite TV series currently? Um, A show called Fleabag, which is a um, British show by this incredible writer called Phoebe something, 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 um, who also wrote Killing Eve. And it's just about her. She's like the main actor in it as well. Um, And it's just about her kind of being a bit useless at life. But it's just done so well. Um, And it's definitely the type of like the type of show I would want to make. Mine would probably be Supercar Mega Build. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That sounds also very cool. What was the last song you streamed? I'm really into, like, pop bangers right now. And there's a song by, oh, man, who's it by? It's called um, Whitney by, uh, uh, I'm really bad at names. I'm going to find it out for you. But it's just, like, it's just such a good song. It just, like, gets me so excited every time I put on by Gavin Turek. Yeah, it's called Whitney, and it's just, oh, man. What is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? It is to eat at the number one restaurant in the world at the time of eating. So, like, if it's, like, 10 years from now, um, whatever the number one restaurant is in the world, I want to, like, I just want to be able to eat at the number one restaurant in the world at some point in my life. Amazing. Thanks, Ben. Sweet. So can you tell me about your journey to co-founding Wrestler? Yeah, sure. So um, in my last year of high school, my best friend came to me and he was like, hey, man, do you want to study for exams or do you want to make parody rap videos? And I was like, well, that's not really a question, is it? It's pretty obvious what I want to do. And so we went and made these like music videos, which were ridiculous and really fun. But um, I didn't realize that he was like a genius and he didn't actually need to study. And so he passed high school with flying colors and I actually failed high school, um, which is really hard to do, believe it or not. And so, yeah, and 
but anyway i got into like making stuff and i was really in- interested in like um making these music videos and stuff and they kind of just got better and better and better and then i went to university and studied media studies and marketing and while i was there i did a little internship for a magazine called Idealogue. Have you heard of Idealogue? You probably know them, right? Yeah, massive fan of Idealogue. They host my show. Yeah, great. There we go. And so my uncle started that magazine and he got me up to like turn some articles that they're making into little web videos. And so I did that. And this was back in 2008, I think, when YouTube was only five years old. And not many businesses were using web video for like commercial use, the business use. So I saw a real opportunity in that. And, but I didn't think that's what I wanted to do. I went, um, I thought I wanted to be in the movie business. And so I, after university, I went and worked on The Hobbit um, in Wellington for six months and then realized that I really didn't enjoy that, that at the big, like big movie businesses, it's just a big corporate and it's not fun. And so I had this idea, you know, from working at this internship at Idealogue in the back of my head of, of doing online corporate video. So I started doing that and then it just went really, really well. And that was eight years ago and it kind of evolved year after year into something more, I guess, strategic and creative. And now we're like a full you know, creative agency where we do obviously the strategic stuff in terms of helping um, brands work out what their story is, how that can help them grow their brand or whatever they're trying to achieve, and then actually making that as well. So we're kind of like, we see ourselves as a bit of a storytelling agency across all sorts of mediums like video, photography, and then even virtual and augmented reality. So who is Wrestler? What actually do you do? Yeah, great question. So we're storytellers, effectively. So somebody comes to us and they say, hey, we're doing this as a business or we want to be known as this or we want, you know, the brand perception of us to be X. And we go, okay, well, we we will form a narrative around your brand that will get you from where you are now to that, effectively, and use storytelling in all sorts of shapes and sizes to get you there. So in a really, like, straight up, way it looks like social media campaigns it looks like videos it looks like virtual reality experiences augmented reality games Um, but it's always got that story threaded through it or something that people actually will engage with in it and I guess the when I say story it, it means like something that has some emotion attached to it what is the most interesting thing you are working on right now? We've got a few cool projects going on. Um, we are doing a few um, virtual reality experiences. One, I can't tell you who it's for, but it's a um, recruitment experience. And so we're putting effectively putting people into the shoes of what their future job is going to be like. And it's quite a dynamic job. Um, and so virtual reality is a really cool way to like show them all the different aspects of what their sort of day in the life will entail. Another cool project we do, we create our own content as well. And we're developing a virtual reality experience where you dance with goddesses to empower your inner feminine, which sounds pretty out there, but effectively it uses things like movement therapy techniques and mirror neuron theory so that you go into these ethereal spaces or these really fantastical spaces and you dance with these goddesses. And in doing that, say you dance with the goddess of courage, you actually in the real world physically feel more courageous. And so it's a way of kind of using gamification and these virtual environments 
to impact people for the better in the real world. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with all of the work that we do. We're trying to make content that isn't just um, for content's sake. It's actually like it's doing something good for the world and it's trying to move people forward and culture forward and yeah, progress us, I guess, as a society rather than just, you know, there's a lot of junk out there and we don't want to be a part of that, I guess. That sounds really good. Thanks. What was it like when you and Kat launched Wrestler and what was unexpected? So we had kind of been running for about five years and in, in like a, I guess we'd grown very organically and the um, business was was doing well. But then we had to make a decision. Do we want to be a production company and just make stuff for people or do we want to be a creative agency and actually come up with the ideas as well? And we made the decision that we want to be a creative agency. And what that meant was kind of like saying no to a lot of our other clients because we were working for a lot of like ad agencies and that sort of thing. And so we had to go out on our own effectively. And that was three years ago when we became Wrestler. And it was quite scary because in the in the first, uh, I guess, three months, like the work kind of dried up a little bit. And we were like, oh, man, is this the right decision? And we we're a little bit nervous. Um, but then I guess people just started coming and they started, you know, using us more and more and more. And a lot of those clients that came to us three, year, three years ago are still with us now. And I guess the thing that was unexpected was, I guess, just how fast it would grow. Like we more than doubled in a year sort of thing. It was pretty crazy. How did you get credibility quickly? I don't know if we got it quickly. I mean, to be honest, I don't think we have. I think it's taken us eight years to become as credible as we are. But it all comes down to relationships, really. At the end of the day, that's why I really like working in Wellington is because Wellington is all about building really strong relationships with people. And it's too small to be a dick, effectively. If, like, if, you're, if you rip someone off or you you know deal with someone in, a, in an arrogant way or just a... I don't know, just a dickish way, then people don't work with you again. And everybody knows that you are not fun to work with and that weeds them out effectively. So in Wellington, everybody just is really great to work with because of that. So I think it's kind of like we've just been on, like we've just slowly built up those relationships. And I don't, I mean, obviously there's still, we have still great relationships with people in different cities like Auckland and all around the world. But I think just, yeah, for our, our growth, Wellington has, has been kind of like the right cultural fit for us, I guess. And that's why it's worked so well. What habits helped make you successful? Resilience, you know, just going every time you fail or you don't want to pitch or somebody you feel like you didn't do a job as well as you could have or, you know, somebody talks smack about you or whatever, you just got to get back up and you just got to keep going. And and I think anybody who's resilient will be successful because that's the, the ultimate test, right? Like if you can, can get back up again, then a lot of people can't. And then you're one step ahead of all those people who couldn't. And then the next time, the next round that everybody gets knocked down, if you get up and the other seven or whatever don't, then you're ahead again. And so you just got to keep getting back up. What question do you ask yourself to help you make decisions? When I was about your age, I realized that you know what you want. Like you always know what you really want deep down. And I learned this because I used to go, my friend, like my best friend, his family would go out for dinner quite a bit. And I, my family would never go out for dinner. And 
I would always like kind of get really like anxious about what to order off the menu because there's so many things I wanted to order. And I would like this thing called um, analysis paralysis where it's like you just, you want it all, but you can only have make one decision. And it kind of like was, it was so overwhelming that, but then I found this every time I'd like order the thing that I didn't want because I wanted to try different things on the menu. So I knew that I, I always knew what I actually really wanted. And I'd always be disappointed if I didn't go for that thing. Then I started trying just actually listening to my, I guess, literally my gut in going, what do I really want here? Even if it's like what my head says, Hey, you should try these different things on the menu. What do I really, really want here? And like, it's a really weird way that I worked out trusting your gut as a thing, but I worked it out. And then forevermore that became part of my decision-making that whenever I was faced with an option of this or that, I just listened to my gut and, and I'm pretty in tune with what I really want. Um, and so it kind of makes decision-making quite easy now because I don't have to like overcomplicate it or weigh up all these pros and cons and put it into this rational matrix. It's kind of like deep down, you always know what the right decision is. And if you trust your gut, then, and you fail, it never feels as bad as if you failed when you tried to trust your brain, your intellect. Ben, that makes total sense to me. Okay, this is a little bit of a funny one. What is the worst advice you have ever received? Become an English teacher. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't take that advice. How did you attract the right resources and talent when you started out? Like having a real focus on culture and on vibe. Like vibe is totally underrated in this modern age. Like if you, if you have a good vibe, if you create a good vibe, then the people who resonate with that will be attracted to it. And that's only going to create good results in my mind. So yeah, just putting a lot of emphasis, not on what I want the output of the work to be, but what I want the experience of the work to be. That's massive. That's everything for me. If you're not having fun doing it, why are you doing it? You know, do you like working by yourself or do you like working with other people? A bit of both. So I definitely have to work with people or else that's why I grew a business because I could also just do this sort of stuff on my own, but um, it gets lonely. Um, But then I, so I like working with people, but then um, I need time to go away and sort of like, you know, um, recharge. But I, I mean, even that, it's only like a week, a year sort of thing. But yeah, kind of clear my head, almost like, you know, the um, on your computer, how you've got like the trash bin. And then when you um, empty it, it makes that really satisfying noise. That's what I need like a week every year to do to make that satisfying noise in my brain. What lesson in business has taken you the longest to learn? That there's no shortcuts, that there are no lessons that you can learn that will get you anywhere faster. Like you have to learn the lessons the hard way and the long way. You can't. You, somebody can't just give you a secret tip and all of a sudden you've skipped three years of, you know, learning. Like I've still got so much to learn. Um, and I know that I just have to go on that journey and have those failures and those successes to get to where I want to be. And there's no fast track there. So some people, everybody has a different pace of learning as well. You know, like there are some... yeah. 30 year olds who have the same um 
sort of business acumen as 50 year olds but they they all went on their own journey but you still it doesn't matter the pace of your journey you still have to go on a journey how do you make sure you are solving the right problems for customers good question i think it's always about working out like really digging deep into what their problem is and understanding instead of a lot of the times like customers will come to us and say hey we need a video about this and we've got some ideas of how that will play out but a lot of the time that isn't actually solving their problem so it kind of takes a little bit of going back and a little bit of prodding and pulling to get to the root of the problem of what actually what's going on here as a business you know is it is it that people actually see you as you know this big monolithic um beast who is just this corporate um you know, entity who has no soul and are you trying to create more sentiment around your brand um, and, you know, draw more affinity to you or are you just trying to actually sell products or, you know, like all these different things will have a major sway on the type of content that we're creating. And so making sure that we know what we're actually solving before we dive into the work. How can you get content and storytelling working harder for you? Could you share two or three things entrepreneurs could action today? Too many people think about content as like a one-off thing, which it used to be. You know, back in the day, if you were a brand, you would make a TV commercial and it would um, it would launch and it would run for six months or 12 months and it would be the same ad and it would play every night between, you know, the news or whatever. Um, and that was how you got your message out there. You might do a few newspaper ads to go with it, but probably of very much the same look and feel. That's not how the world works anymore. The way that audiences and customers engage with you as a brand is on a constant, always on engagement. You know, they're always on their phone. They're always on Instagram, Facebook, even LinkedIn. And so you as a brand have to be in those places all the time, but you can't just serve the same thing over and over and over. Um, you need to keep it fresh and obviously you need to keep it dynamic. And if you want people to engage with you, it's got to give them something that they want. But if you go all over the show and try and give them what they want without any cohesion to that storytelling, then your brand's going to look like a shambles. And so what you have to do is build a brand narrative over time. Say, and, so, and it all has to add up to something as well. So you want to go, okay, who do we want to be as a brand in say 12 months time? What do we want the story to be? You know, what do we want people to think about us? More importantly, what, what do we want people to feel about us? And then you work backwards from that and go, okay, well, say we've got X amount of budget. How can we use that over the next 12 months to create a whole bunch of content which all adds up to tell this big picture story? Um, so it's about looking at your brand holistically and then creating a, a narrative around that and then creating a whole bunch of content which adds up to that. What right. is your favorite video online at the moment and why? I don't have one particular one, but this is going to sound really weird. But on Instagram, you know how you can just go into like your search um, part of Instagram and it just feeds you random stuff. Yeah. Recently, I've been fed um, heaps of like, it seems like Russian dash cam footage of like just heaps of crashes in like in Russia. And it's just of these really like hilarious crashes, car crashes. No, I don't think anybody gets seriously hurt. But um, weirdly, that's I find that very entertaining. Um, it's utterly meaningless, 
but I think that's why I like it. What do you expect to be the biggest change in your industry over the next few years? I think inside the industry there will be kind of a re a coming back to the kind of older agency model where a lot of brands use full service agencies. I think over the last few years they've kind of used a bunch of individual like little you know boutique agencies and and kind of cobbled together a suite of different providers but I think that's kind of had its time and has proven it doesn't work that well um so I think you're going to see yeah like big agencies have a resurgence which they'll be happy about but then I think in the same breath they will have to change dramatically to adapt to the needs of the modern world and so I think I guess you'll kind of see a lot of smaller agencies kind of get pulled into these bigger ones maybe. But then in terms of that's, I guess, in the industry and then externally for content itself, I mean, fingers crossed virtual and augmented reality becomes a big thing. Um, we're certainly banking on that. Timeframe-wise, I'm not too sure. Definitely within like five years, yes. But I think like web-based AR is pretty exciting in terms of just holding your phone up anywhere and just really powerful um, augmented reality being able to stream just without using an app or anything like that just through um, whatever browser is built in on your phone so I think that'll change a lot of experiences and a lot of ways people interact with things like museums tourism education and even you know games and that sort of thing so yeah I think that'll be a big one and then I think also I guess a lot of brands are getting into this idea of creating a lot of content and using all of it to build a strong brand narrative. So I think a lot, yeah, we'll just see more and more content really as well, which is kind of not that cool because there's already so much out there. Hopefully it's good quality. What was the last book you read or podcast you listened to? A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, which is all about ego and is super awesome. It It changed me a lot. Like it really pointed out a lot of things in my life that I was holding on to in terms of my identity that were based on nothing really that were just like yeah they were just ego driven ideas and so yeah it's been kind of a really like eye-opening and freeing experience to read that book I definitely wouldn't recommend it for you because you're 10 Um, but maybe when you're 29 that would be a good time to read it Maybe a little younger. You seem like a pretty enlightened young lad. At, um, so, yeah, you're probably a, a lot ahead of me. Thanks for that. So who inspires you? I actually don't know. I don't have anyone that I look to and I'm like, I want to be that guy or girl or anything like that. I'd probably say the person that inspires me the most is Kat, my wife, um, because she embodies everything that I like and I'm that yeah that I am about which is I guess why I'm married to her but yeah she's awesome if you could go back in time what advice would you give yourself I'd be like here are a bunch of winning lotto tickets don't worry about all that work here's a whole bunch of money now um if it was just advice I would probably say like chill out you know like it's all about the journey you don't have to get to where you want to go like tomorrow there's time but in saying that it's kind of like my hunger for getting achieving things has got me where I am which I'm happy 
about. So maybe that's not good advice. Maybe I'd be a real lazy slob and I'd just be like, oh, sweet. Future me told me to chill out and I'll still get to where I got to. So I'm just going to play PlayStation all day and then I wouldn't get to where I got to. So, man, we're messing with the time-space continuum here. It's it's a big topic. It's a real big topic. I reckon I'd just be like, oh, no, I'd be like, hey, don't eat pork because I found out recently I'm allergic to pork, but I've been eating it for a while and I, like, you know, have suffered the consequences of that. So that's what I'd tell myself, don't eat pork. There we go. Don't eat pork. Love it. Final question. What is one question you really wish entrepreneurs asked? How does this idea do any good for the world? What is the point of it? That's the question. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Benjamin. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as well. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave me a comment down below and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your network. As always, stay awesome and share the love.